1: The Week 15 preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by MyBookie. As a true football fan, you already know that every weekend your favorite Gridiron Warriors put their skills to the test. So why aren't you doing the same? We are more than three quarters of the way through the NFL season. We're in the fourth quarter now. So now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in the game with MyBookie. MyBookie is the premier place to bet on all your pro and college football action every weekend. They always have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with the best at MyBookie. Best part is if you join now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put in 1000 they give you 1000 That's double your initial deposit that you can use on all your favorite picks. Use the promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today where you play, you win, you get paid. My guest today, despite his allegiance, one of my favorite guests, he is a. <laughs> he, is the, he is the man over at Acme Packing Company for SB Nation, Evan Western, uh, here to talk to us about Week 15 and this all-important game. Well, more important for the Bears than for the Packers, no doubt, but uh, it's all-important game in Lambeau. On Sunday, it's the uh, it's the week fifteen preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. Thirteen down, only three left to go before the twenty nineteen season or the twenty nineteen regular season. Knock on wood, uh, wraps itself up, and uh, the all important. Rematch between the Bears and the Packers this Sunday. What's going on, everybody? Larity back, the week 15 preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. It's Packer Week, y'all, uh, looking to avenge that week one performance that was brilliant on one side and about as bad as it could be on the other. And uh, we are not looking for a repeat performance of the bad as it could be on the other side of the football. If we could be, you know, even 50% of what we were on defense because we were stifling on defense that night to if you know we could take that extra percent and give it to the offense so that we could generate I don't know 14 17 points that seems like it would be enough if we could get another performance like that out of our defense uh, on Sunday this will be the uh, 200th matchup between the Bears and the Packers as our guest today, Uh, Evan Western from SB Nation's Acme Packing Company. You'll hear him remind me of that at the end of our discussion. Um, Of course, the Bears don't lead the series. We gave that up a few years ago. And uh, hopefully this Sunday will be the first step in getting that lead back, you know, trying to even up the series. I think we're either like two or three games behind on uh, on the series. So we need to win tomorrow or tomorrow. We need to win Sunday, and I think we need to sweep to get it back to even, and then we'll take it from there. in In, in 2021, we'll 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 see who's going to battle for supremacy. Wouldn't that be nice? But um, you know, big game uh, on Sunday, and uh, as I was ominously reminded by one of my listeners uh, this week, <laughs> that uh, Matt Nagy's record coming off of buys not so great as uh, during his tenure. Uh, as head coach uh last year coming off the uh the bye we had that stomping of the uh tampa bay buccaneers going to the bye week week number six we lose to the dolphins on the road then the quote-unquote mini bye after we beat detroit on thanksgiving we got 10 days off to get ready for the giants lose that one as well this year after we lose uh to the raiders a game we should have won we come home to a mud hole stomping by the hands of the New Orleans Saints, so 0 and 3 so far uh, on bye week opportunities for Matt Nagy, and, and this mini bye opportunity on Sunday, 10 days from our victory over the Cowboys. Impressive, though it was, um, we got this big game on the road, playing for our playoff lives, much like we, much like the roles were reversed a year ago when green bay slim playoff hopes were on the line coming into chicago and it was the the nfc north leading bears that shut the door uh, on green bay and and ended there officially eliminated the uh the packers the bears wouldn't be officially eliminated if we lose this sunday but it would uh the door would be shut it just wouldn't be locked i guess you know it would we we've got some minuscule chance still if we lose on sunday but uh you know like i said uh last week if there's a game we can afford to lose it would be next week against the chiefs cuz that's an afc matchup it doesn't affect our conference record and you know all that kind of stuff uh w- we need to win this game uh we need to win so if there's going to be a game that that breaks our our win streak or or you know stops us from winning out i would vote for next sunday against the chiefs uh as opposed to you know a getting swept by the packers and b uh, taking another NFC loss which we cannot afford so uh, that is how I would prefer to uh, look at that if it has to go down uh, that way anyway quick a uh, couple of quick news and notes before we get to our discussion uh, with Evan about this game and uh, as I've said many times especially when it comes to our NFC North uh, buddies um, despite their allegiances, some of my favorite guests to have on the show evan definitely falls into that uh category which is funny because uh when you get this deep into it with the podcasts and you know you're showing your loyalty for your squad the last person you think you're going to connect with is your arch rival and funny enough he's actually not a scumbag like most of the packer fans i've met uh in my life so um, anyway uh the walter payton man of the year nominations came out this year every team uh, has a a candidate nominated to to win the award of course it's kind of like the uh the NFL's humanitarian uh award. and the Bears representative for this year is Allen Robinson uh was announced uh, I believe it was today that uh he would be the Bears uh candidate uh for 2019 uh was presented I think like a little uh crystal saying that he had won the Chicago Bears walter payton uh award uh, by the payton family i I believe uh he got so uh kudos to uh, alan robinson and his humanitarian work and uh for being a guy that's eligible uh for this award so i mean i know it's especially important for chicago bear players to uh to win the award because walter payton was one of us so um that would be uh that would be outstanding speaking of one of us uh, I want to apologize in advance. Uh, this is something I should have done uh, a couple of weeks ago when he first asked me about it. Um, our good friend, uh, Tim Sanchez, he's an OG listener uh, of the show, um, has, been having a, uh, has been having some health issues. He's been in the hospital uh, since uh, July. Uh, he's one of my most loyal Uh, listeners, and I'd love to call him a friend if I ever get
0: a chance to meet him. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your job's more visibility at indeed.com/match. Just go to indeed.com/match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. indeed.com/match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh,
1: he's out in California but uh you know somebody that's been a big supporter of the podcast and obviously a a big lover of our beloved uh chicago bears he has a uh a GoFundMe page to uh to help with some of the uh the medical bills and expenses uh you know obviously when you when you're in the uh hospital from uh july up on you know till now uh and whatnot it's uh not easy to maintain a job and uh and everything, it's uh difficult, uh, quite frankly, or impossible, as one would say. But uh, you know, it's uh I believe it is still up on the uh Bears Talk Underground uh page. Uh, we've already raised over twenty nine hundred dollars uh, so far. So thank you to everyone uh who's donated up to this point. And uh if you can, it's the holiday season and Tim is one of us. So so uh, you know every little bit counts so even if it's five dollars or five cents or whatever you know be be sure to go out and uh help tim uh if you can if not then uh you know send them some shout outs and if you're so inclined uh prayers you know for those of us who are uh believers so i just wanted to apologize for not doing that sooner uh matt or tim excuse me came to me before the Uh, Thanksgiving holiday and I just kept forgetting to uh, announce that uh, on the show so go ahead and and help Tim if you can you could find the link in the Bears Talk Underground page to uh, to help out on his uh, GoFundMe and uh, finally before we get to our talk with uh, Evan quick rundown of our injury report Um, kind of discouraging to see that uh, Broniker and Gabriel still aren't practicing. Both have not practiced yet with the concussion. Bobby Massey not not practicing with his ankle. Not that big a surprise. Roy Robertson-Harrison, his foot injury from last Thursday, still not practicing either day this week. Danny Trevathan, interesting situation there. There has been some talk, some rumbling that he could be coming back. He hasn't practiced yet this week. And I think this kind of solidifies the theory that I had, that they don't want to make the same mistake mistake with Trevathan that they made with Akeem Hicks. Like, originally, when we heard about the elbow injury, we heard that it was like a four- to six-week injury, and I'm starting to think that we probably could have had Akeem Hicks back maybe two or three weeks ago based on the readiness and the strength of his – of his elbow but because he was on ir and had to sit out at least eight weeks we probably had to wait you know a couple of weeks more than we probably needed to to get him out there so um i think the bears are obviously trying to avoid that because putting him on ir would kill him for the rest of the season and they just want to try to hold on hope that uh we can still use danny uh before the uh the season is uh done so he's still on the injury list still not practicing with the elbow Javon Wims is yet to practice this week with his knee injury. The good news is Prince of Mucamora, who missed the Dallas game, has been full participation uh, this week. That's the one bright spot on the injury report. And then a weird thing on the injury report today on Thursday, Cordero Patterson with a head injury. Whatever the hell that is. I mean, it's uh, it said he was limited, so it sounds like it happened during practice maybe, like he got hurt in practice with a head injury they're not calling it a concussion hopefully we get some more clarification of this on friday when the uh when the final injury report comes out and everyone's status for the game uh comes out and uh we'll see what the hell's going on with that head injury i am very interested to hear what matt nagy has to say about it in uh in the pressers uh tomorrow about what a head injury actually is if it's not a concussion or uh, or anything like that so i mean because i'm sure if it was like an eye or a a nose or something it would be in there as an eye or a nose uh injury like maybe he got poked in the eye or something like that but uh just says head so i don't know did somebody get pissed at him and go you know full on uh uh what's his name from the from garrett the <laughs> from the from the browns and just bash him over the head with the helmets or that would kind of fall under concussion too though wouldn't it anyway so that's all we got for the uh, injury report. Uh, looks like we're going to get Puntamukomora back. The One person who's not on that injury list, Akeem Hicks, and it's pretty much a done deal that he's coming back. He's talking like he's playing on Sunday, and uh, I've been reading articles saying that the Packers are preparing uh, for Akeem Hicks. So it sounds like everybody's in agreement that the big guy is playing uh, on Sunday, and I am hopeful that that has the impact that we're all uh, praying for that to have, you know. It could, it uh, you know, gives Akeem Hicks that, or excuse me, gives Khalil Mack that uh, that guy on the other side that teams have to, you know, they can't double team him because they got to worry about Akeem on the other side, or God forbid, line him up next to each other. Then you got a real problem. You definitely can't double team one when you've got the other one right there uh, in front of you uh, as well. So. This is a big deal, uh, even if even even if Hakeem isn't quite 100 percent as far as being football ready. Uh, you know, he can do all the cardio and everything because obviously his legs were, were healthy these ass, last eight weeks. But uh, there's that being in shape and then being in football shape. And if maybe he's not in quite quite 100 percent football shape just yet, he would make for a decent decoy, you know, for him to go out there and for him to take up some of the space that has been used on Khalil Mack these last seven, eight weeks. He's only had like what, two, maybe three sacks since Akeem Hicks was gone. He had like four or five when Akeem Hicks was healthy. Uh, So, I mean, that just shows how important he is to the defense and to helping out uh, Khalil Mack, but maybe he can absorb some of that attention to get Khalil Mack those all important one-on-ones that he is so desperately needed this year so he can do his thing. So, Maybe that is something that, at the very least, Akeem Hicks uh, can provide and help Khalil Mack out with on Sunday. So, but we're going to talk about plenty of that with our good friend Evan Western. Going to bring him in from SB Nation's Acme Packing Company to preview Week 15 between the Bears and the Packers at Lambeau on Sunday. Week 15 has our beloved headed back to Lambeau for the rematch, the revenge game, whatever you want to call it. It's the Bears and the Packers. The rivalry is renewed once again. Uh, And to help us uh, preview this all-important matchup, far more important for the Bears than it is for Green Bay. Although we're kind of in the same spot that we were a year ago, only the roles are reversed. The Packers were clinging on to... Very slim playoff hopes when they came into Chicago Week 15 a year ago, and it was the Bears that were looking to extend or clamp down on their lead uh, in the NFC North. Now the roles are reversed as the Packers that are on top of the division and the Bears that need a win in order to keep their heads uh, above water in the playoff race. And here to help me preview this is our good friend from Acme Packing Company, Evan Western. Evan, welcome back, man. Yeah,
2: thanks a lot for having me. Always a pleasure. And uh yeah, it's uh it's definitely nice to be on the other side at this point in the season from, from last year.
1: I bet it is. Uh I I would enjoy trading places with you again and uh going back <laughs> to uh I wish we were ten and three and not seven and six fighting for our playoffs live. And and it's not so bad that we're seven and six, really. I mean that sucks enough. But it, it also sucks that everybody that we need to pass up is we've played and lost to uh already so i mean that's the part that that really so not only do we have to win out every single game that we have left uh we also need a lot of help on top of it so it's uh weren't the packers in the same spot last year
2: yeah pretty much i think uh coming in last year well this was after mccarthy had been fired right so i want to say the packers were sitting at like five seven and one at that point um and yeah needing just desperately needing a ton of help to to find a way into the postseason and obviously that that did not come to
1: pass right right um it was enjoyable right up until eddie jackson sprained his ankle uh right until eddie jackson sprained his ankle on the interception so bittersweet moment for us bear fans because eddie jackson intercepts aaron Rodgers for what like only the second time uh, all season, and then goes ahead and sprains his ankle, which keeps him out of the last two games and the playoff game against the Eagles. So, yeah, that, uh, that sucked a whole lot.
2: Yeah. So, well, tip, tipped interception, and, uh, I think we've talked about it before, but, yeah. um, Rogers' only two picks this year have also been tipped off of his receiver's hands. So,
1: Yeah, cuz I remember stuff. I remember asking you like we went back and forth yep. on Twitter uh, about that. Yep. Like w- when was the last time he was legitimately intercepted? Like wasn't one that went off a receiver's hands or somebody's head or something, you know, crazy like that? You said last year both interceptions went off Jimmy Graham's hands into a yeah. into a waiting defender's arms i'm I'm
2: pretty sure it was pre or or it was the the carolina game in 17 when he tried to come back uh, Mm. after the broken collarbone
1: that makes sense Um,
2: yeah he threw a couple of picks in that game and um, in that that contest that he, he definitely probably should not have played in in hindsight so right yeah it's been uh it's been two years since he threw a pick that didn't hit his receiver in the hands. Yeah, I
1: mean, he's – one of the things that makes him so great is that he doesn't make a lot of those what the hell was that kind of throws. I mean, even Favre and all his greatness did that all the time. But, you know, Rodgers, on the other hand, much smarter with the football, much much tougher to intercept, and, you know, it's very rare for you to look at a throw like what was Rodgers doing there? You know, you just Mm -hmm. don't see it.
2: Yep. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's it's funny because you'll get every once in a while coming out of the woodwork you'll get the, the analytics guy who says, Well, you know, quarterbacks should should be you know that a lack of interceptions is actually a negative because it's it's an indication that they're not uh being aggressive enough down the field
1: yeah. and
2: i think that's that's first of all that's ridiculous on its face um and second of all when you you look at the numbers Rodgers is among the league leaders in throwing into contested and tight windows anyway yeah so it it just doesn't really work yes he throws a lot of balls away yes he takes a lot of sacks but um Saying that he's not aggressive as a quarterback is just
1: patently false. Right. (laughs) We as Bear fans know this painfully true. (laughs) Um, So let's talk about this season. I mean, we won't talk about week one because I still wake up screaming when I think about that game. (laughs) Uh, That was an utter, utter nightmare, that game. I mean, you know, Evan, I've said this a few times on the show throughout the season, but if I told you, that the Bears held Aaron Rodgers to 10 points. You rushed for 47 yards and sacked Rodgers five times. Somehow you still kicked our ass and won the game. Does that make any sense to you?
2: Uh, no, absolutely yeah. not. But uh, that was that was in that first early stretch of the season when yeah. the Packers' defense looked like it was going to be, um, you know, reborn out of the ashes of the Phoenix, right? Sure, yeah. Um, and, and since the, the loss to the Eagles in week four, things have definitely been uh, a little different on, on that side of the football.
1: So what changed? Because that was when, you know, looking at the schedule, obviously three points for the Bears, 16 apiece to Minnesota and Denver, and then boom, 34 points uh, for Philly at home uh, on top of it. What, what changed that night? Because it's been 20 points plus more times yep. than not since then.
2: Yeah, it's a lot of it is the run defense. Hmm. Um, it it kind of starts there. Um, the The Packers sit since that that little stretch where it was you know twenty points rattled off in several straight games. Um, they they have trouble stopping teams between the twenties. Um, they have found a way to be really good. At red zone defense, I think they're one of the best run red zone defenses in terms of allowing touchdowns in the NFL, but they are the definition of the bend, but don't break defense. So you are going to be able to move the ball on this team. There are going to be um, some lapses in coverage or some some open areas that you can exploit and you're going to be able to run the ball in all likelihood on this team. Um, You know, looking at the the rushing yards this team's given up, there's one, two, three, four, five games with basically 150 rushing yards or more Mm. um, that this team has given up. And so the the key for the Packers is they need to find a way to turn the ball over in those games and get stops in the red zone uh, in order to to win the game. Early on in the season, they were doing a great job with that. Now, Chicago didn't run very well, but Minnesota... (laughs) Ran for almost 200 yards in week two, right. but the Packers forced four turnovers. Right. So that yeah. was the that was the answer. They they have lived and died kind of on the turnover and on that red zone defense. And when the turnovers dry up, you look at the Eagles' loss. No turnovers, got run on for 175 yards, and they lost the game by a touchdown.
1: Trust so, me. That's that's yeah. the
2: that's the yeah that's the formula for Mike Patton is pressure the quarterback, force turnovers. Um, don't really care about giving up yards in the running game and uh, trust that your your defense can clamp down if they get in the red zone and, and take the ball away.
1: Yeah trust me we, we as bear fans heard plenty about that game against Philadelphia because that's of course David Montgomery struggling the Bears were struggling to run the ball period but David Montgomery, the guy that we that we got to replace. Jordan Howard is barely gotten out of the gates and Jordan Howard runs for like a buck 20 and catches two touchdown passes against the Packers yep. on national TV. So it's like, Oh, pay screwed up. Look at this. Jordan Howard. He's thriving in it's like one game. What has he done since then? Quite frankly. I mean, I haven't heard uh, much. I mean, not that I was, it was, it was a kind of a bittersweet moment. We, we all kind of saw it coming that Jordan Howard was going to get traded. And, and for him to actually go, it was like, uh, it sucks to see him go, but I, you know, I guess the Bears, you know, feel like we need to get somebody who can do more than you know, be, be more uh, two-dimensional instead of one-dimensional, which is what Howard was in the offense uh, and everything. And then he had that game against Green Bay of all teams um, on national TV. It's like, oh, geez, here we go. So, so yeah, that was uh, that was an interesting uh, interesting week um for that uh, you know going back and forth and bear fans were already down uh on on you know Mitch and and the way the offense is played uh and everything so that was uh it was just kind of piling on with uh, you know a, one of our castoffs is thriving against the team that we couldn't do a damn thing against 3 weeks ago yeah so um so i mean i was looking at the at the numbers um for the offense for the defense, it's it's middle of the road. It's it's not like you know you know you guys aren't number one in rushing or off, you're kind of like thirteenth or something like that. You're you're twentieth and or it's like you're thirteenth in points and twentieth in yards or something like yep. that. So the stats aren't aren't impressive, you know, by any stretch as as far as like or at least um, characteristic of what you're used to seeing by an Aaron Rodgers led uh, offense and and you know the defense is kind of the same kind of same way but one place that they are like top five is uh interception so i mean is that what is that where the real difference is being made like you're 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 generating the turnovers you're getting the ball back even though it's not really statistically working points wise you guys are up there
2: yep yeah Um, that's that's exactly it i mean um you know it's on both sides of the football you you win the turnover battle you win in the red zone and you, you have a chance at winning a lot of games. So, you know, the Packers are, have the second fewest turnovers in the NFL and on offense, and they've forced the sixth most on defense. Um, the, the numbers are the same in terms of red zone. Uh, Packers are second in the NFL in, in turning red zone possessions into touchdowns at 68%. They're sixth against at 50%. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely that um, that's the formula. Right, so um, again, you, you, you can give up yards as long as you give up three instead of six. And that's kind of been the, the secret on defense and um, what, what the offense has, has made defenses pay. Um, I will say on the offensive side of the ball, they have looked um, inconsistent, I'll say, um, is, is the best description for it in the last few weeks. Um, not really since that Chiefs game, probably in week eight, have they put together a really kind of complete offensive performance. Um, and part of it to me is that up until this past Sunday against Washington, they hadn't really let Aaron Jones be Aaron Jones. Um, I don't remember how much we had talked about him going into week one. Uh, and I don't think he had a great, particularly good game in week one against Chicago. But
1: nobody he is did really. really. No, yeah. I mean, not um, even not Rogers. I mean, you know, yeah. Valdez Scantling <laughs> made the big catch that led uh, yep. to the touchdown. But offensively, nobody had a good day, not on the Bears side or Green Bay.
2: Yeah, yeah, but I mean, Aaron Jones, more so even than Rodgers at this point, I think is is the the driving force behind the Packers offense. Um, if you can, if you if the Packers can feed him the ball and um, you know, really make a concerted effort to get it to get it to him in creative ways. This offense looks good and it looks consistent and, um, you know, and they're able to move the ball with some level of consistency when they don't do that, when they use a little too much Jamal Williams or when they get away from, from running Jones, um, that's when things start to bog down a little bit. And so, what I think the key for for Matt LaFleur is gonna be, especially with no Roquan Smith now, is there's some some areas in the middle of the the Bears defense that he can target with Jones both in the running game and the passing game. And he also creates a, a big time matchup nightmare for defenses because when you know, when he's split out as a wide receiver, he's got receiver like catching skills and and ball skills um he's made a few plays on the football that are just ridiculous i want to say it was the oakland game uh there was just an absolutely absurd wheel route touchdown that he scored um just a, a magnificent adjustment to the football in flight that you own you don't see that kind of play from a running back very often so he's got that kind of ability um you know he's he's a big play waiting to happen, and it's it's in both phases of the offense, and and more so even than Rodgers, he's the guy who the Packers really need to get going to have consistent success on offense.
1: Yeah, I mean I've I you know heard about him a lot. He was a national story after the Cowboys game, especially after the Chiefs game. It was almost like he single handedly beat Kansas City, um, like two hundred plus yards of of offense and like three touchdowns. Mm-hmm in that game I mean, he was a beast against uh kansas city so i mean i i know that um he's probably somebody the bears have focused on a lot um this past uh this week uh studying up and getting ready uh for the game you know whether or not he's been much of a weapon for them lately um you said he was kind of he had kind of a renaissance this past week against the redskins
2: yeah, he'd had a, a little bit of a, of a tough stretch here after that Kansas City game. And part of it was that, that they just didn't use him in the passing game really at all for, for a couple of games, um, including those two losses at, at the, at the um, Chargers and the, the 49ers. But against Washington, he had um, almost 200 total yards again. I think it was 130 some on the ground and six catches for like 60 through the air. And they also missed on a would would be 30 plus yard gain uh, where he was wide open down the field um, for for a big play that uh, there was just a. a a little bit of a miscommunication between him and Rodgers on whether he was supposed to break to the inside or the outside. And that could have gone for a, a 70 yard touchdown too. So yeah, he's, he's beating, you put a linebacker, a safety on him, especially when he's split out wide and it's probably not going to end out to end up too well for you. But if you put a corner on him, then they can also motion him back into the backfield, and then you're running into a light defense. Um, and, and it's a it's a challenge for defensive coordinators to, to handle, especially when they're using him the way they need to in the passing game.
1: Yeah, so I'm not looking forward to that uh, on Sunday. One thing I am uh, looking forward to is the rusty or not return of Akeem Hicks uh, on Sunday. Apparently he is going to play. Um and help the Bears. Uh, I think more than anything, revive Khalil Mack. Um, because that yep. has been one of the more disappointing things about the defense, despite the fact that they're still a top ten unit. Uh, despite the fact that we're, you know, we're still like in the top five in points allowed. Uh, in in the league. Uh, right now, uh, Leonard Floyd, Aaron Lynch, Isaiah Irving, whoever you put on the opposite side, has done nothing. Uh, to help Khalil Mack, and everyone's talking about like how he's having a a uh, you know like a down year because he's only got six and a half sacks or, or or whatever. It's like, dude, it's not him. He's he's yeah. definitely being impactful. He's just not being productive like he was a year ago because Leonard Floyd isn't getting to the quarterback. We don't have Akeem Hicks interrupting the middle of the field or Eddie Goldman or anybody. Nobody else is helping Mack, so nobody has to worry about double or triple teaming Mack to keep him out of the game.
2: Yeah. Yeah. As I'm looking at it now um, through 13 games, he's got, you know, he's just what, five fewer pressures than he did last year. um, Mac does. And so he's, yeah, he's clearly having the impact. um, But yeah, having that interior pass rusher to complement your, your edge rushers is so important, especially in in today's NFL, if you can pressure the pocket from, from the interior. um, And the Packers have gotten a little bit more of that in the last couple of weeks with Kenny Clark, Um, Having a a better performance, Um, and and that's that's another. You know, he's another guy. Not to say he's had a down year. He's been just double teamed a ton on the interior.
1: He's also been a little banged up too. Hadn't he?
2: He's had a little bit of injuries. He's played every game, um, and and he's played a lot of snaps. So I'm I'm hoping he's not wearing down a little bit. I mean, the guy's only still only like 23 years old, which is just insane. Yeah, but. but yeah, he's he's played a lot and, and he has dealt with a couple of nagging injuries. But it seems like since the bye week, he's he's feeling must be feeling a little bit better because he's been more impactful and I think he had a one and a half sacks last week against Washington, and so that was probably his biggest game um, stat wise, um, maybe all, all season. So if if he's yeah I mean he he kind of plays that interior disruptor role similar to to Hicks does and like you said that makes a huge difference for those edge
1: rushers. Well, especially when when they line him up next to each other because then you can't mm-hmm. you can't double Khalil Mack when you've got Akeem Hicks right right next to yep. him. So I'm hoping that's something the Bears take advantage with or throw at the Packers um, early and often uh, in the game just to see how that combo is going to work again. And uh, also kind of use each other to protect each other. You know, you can't double Akeem if he's right next to Khalil and, and vice versa. So, you know, you get some one-on-one matchups with those guys and see what kind of impact they can have. Uh, and speaking of which, how has the offensive line uh, been doing? Because I, I know that, um, you know, Bakhtiari is still one of the best. Bulaga is playing well or, you know, or coming into the into the season. You weren't one hundred percent sold on the offensive line because you were moving some parts around and uh, and whatnot. How they've been doing this year?
2: Yeah, I think the big question coming in was mainly at the guard positions um, right. with with Billy Turner coming in as a free agent uh, at right guard. Um, but for the most part, he he has played pretty well. Um, he's not going to be a Pro Bowl player, but he's a solid starter at that spot. Um, Balaga is is his usual steady self um, at right tackle he's he's missed a little bit of time uh, with a couple little injuries that San Francisco game um, he left only about 10 plays in and that really really hurt the Packers ability to to pass protect for Rodgers and that was a big contributor I think to um, the fact that the offense just kind of fell apart in that game but um, he's he's played the last two games he he hasn't missed any snaps so um, so he should be good to go I I anticipate he'll probably draw a pretty heavy dose of of Mac in in this game. Um, Honestly, Bakhtiari has been on a down year. And I'm not sure if there's some injuries that he's dealing with a little bit. um, If maybe he just hasn't taken to Lafleur's scheme and and adjusted to it uh, and and picked it up yet, or what it is. But it seems like he's been getting called for holding a lot more than he had in the past. And, um, yeah, he just... He last year he got first team all pro and absolutely deserved it 100 percent and yeah. this year um, uh, he if he gets anything like that you know I think that'll be on mainly on reputation because he hasn't put up that performance now the guy who I think most Packers fans have been the most impressed with has probably been the rookie Elton Jenkins at left guard because he stepped in after I think two or three games for Lane Taylor who went on injured reserve. And Jenkins has basically just been a rock in pass protection. So he and, and Corey Lindsley and, and Billy Turner, I mean, those guys are obviously going to be tasked with containing uh, Hicks and, and the, the Bears interior guys. But Jenkins has been awesome as a pass protector, and and he's been everything the Packers could have hoped for from a second round pick. So there's there's finally a little bit of youth again on this line um, with him and, and Turner being in his fifth year. So he's a, a reasonably young guy. Um, we'll see what happens to Balaga after the season because his contract is up. He's 31, I think, and you know he's he's had issues on both knees, both ACL and MCL in both knees over the years, and I just wonder if the Packers are going to be willing to give him a third contract or if they're going to, you know, look for um, another option. So, um, but yeah, it's it's been. Um, I, I think a lot of the the pass protection issues are probably scheme related in terms of learning LaFleur's offense a little bit. And, you know, as, as I mentioned earlier, Rogers has the tendency to hold onto the ball a long time, um, which for a 36 year old quarterback, probably not the best plan, but, um, he's still athletic enough to, to make some interesting things happen and, and escape, uh, from, from the pass rush. So, um, so that has helped, um, it's 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 done. It it's made the offensive line honestly look both good and bad at times, depending on how he um, performs on a, on a particular play when he sure. extend the plays extends plays like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I the you know we got to him five times and we hit him a lot more than that uh, in that yep. first game uh, as well. I mean, it just, I mean, we we that game was so bittersweet. I mean, for obviously for Bear fans because our defense not only seemed to – I mean, all we heard about all summer long was his defense, regress, 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 regress. And they were even better than they were, you know, the uh, last year with the way they just flat out just – you know, we gave up 10 points, 47 yards rushing, sacked Rodgers five times, and we <laughs> lost the game. I still can't believe it. But one of those things was – you know, you got Leonard Floyd, who his offensive – is his outside linebacker coach is talking about this guy's got moves. He's been he, – you know, he's got the tools to be special or blah, 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 high ceiling, all that. He bull rushes Bakhtiari into a sack onto Rodgers. Like, dude, we might actually have something here with, with Floyd. No. I mean, this guy wants to get paid. You know, he wants to – you know, wants to get Khalil Mack money, uh, kind of thing. And we didn't hear from him for about six weeks after that. <laughs> you know, those two sacks that he got on Bakhtiari in that first game were the only two he had until about three weeks ago. He finally tacked on a third. He's, you know, it was just, you know, one of those things that just like, you know, has that been a thing? Like, you know, do you think it might be a like an injury thing with Bakhtiari? Because he's, I mean, obviously yeah. he's like 60 pounds heavier than Leonard Floyd, but he got underneath Bakhtiari and shoved him right into Rodgers, no problem.
2: Yep. Yeah, I do think injuries have played a part and he hasn't really showed up in the injury report at all all season long, but there's just something visibly just a little different about him as mm. as you watch the tape on him. He he looks maybe a little slower to, to set his feet and anchor in, in pass blocking. Um and I, I'm just not sure You know what what that can be attributed to if if there's some some back stuff going on or or if it's knees or or what it is so um yeah it's 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 a a a bit of a concern certainly against a team with with pass rushers with the the level of talent that the bears guys have i mean obviously again mac is going to be mac and and he's going to be um difficult for anybody to handle but like you mentioned i mean floyd had that great game in week one so um, it'll be really interesting to see how, how this goes because top tier pass rushers have been a problem for the Packers this year. I mean, if I never see the Packers play against another Bosa brother again, it'll be too soon <laughs> because both of them just absolutely wrecked the Packers offensive line uh, in, in those chargers and, and 49ers games. So it, it was a, it was a nightmare dealing with, with both of those two guys and, um, and I say that as a Wisconsin fan living in Columbus, Ohio, yeah, you know, amidst Ohio State fans, so I have to deal with all of that added, um, <laughs> added frustration <laughs> and, and ribbing that I get from all you know all the people around me. So, so that's no that's no fun. But um, yeah, it's it's teams with top pass rushes, you know, have have really slowed down the Packers' offense and and stymied them. And I think the the key is going to be, um, you know, when uh, and and teams that don't you know the packers have moved the ball so sure. the the key is you know it's it always comes down to the the trenches and i think in this game it's going to be you know uh, it very well could be decided based on the the bears defensive front against the packers
1: offensive line right and that's what i wanted to ask you was with the way that um, i mean we're talking a little bit before we started recording about how the teams that um, win a lot of one score games or winning ugly or whatever whatever you want to call them but both of your your last two losses against uh, I was gonna say San Diego again god damn it <laughs> um, the Chargers and the 49ers were tantamount blowout losses I mean the 49er game definitely was but 26 to yep. 11 against the chargers against the
2: it wasn't I mean, yeah it, it wasn't that close that touchdown came in garbage time so okay. it was a 26-3 game in the early in the fourth quarter right so
1: what so, was the yeah. what was the difference in those games i mean was it the bosa brothers doing their their thing or what you know did you guys turn the football over in those games what was the difference that made it such a wide margin in those losses
2: yeah there's there's a lot of speculation among packers fans that because both of those games were on the road out in California and that there was something, something fishy going on with the teams like travel schedule or especially the chargers game that there was some talk between Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers that guys like, weren't, uh, weren't taking the road trip seriously or weren't taking care of themselves. And so that led to a whole bunch of speculation about, Oh, well maybe the young guys got caught up in the LA nightlife or something, you know, that weekend. Um, so that, that's been one of the storylines is, well, let's just not ever have to travel out to California again.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, but I mean, beyond that, it was it was, you know, a big part of that was the pass rush um, really stifling the, the Packers offense. And one of the things that the Packers have done this year is um, most of the games that they have won, they have started out hot on offense. It seems like Matt LaFleur has scripted those first 15 to 20 plays really, really well all season long. And once he gets out of that, um, things start to get a little more clunky from a play-calling perspective. So in both of those games, things got off schedule real early, and the pass rush was a big part of that. Against the Chargers, um, there were a couple of big sacks early. They got out you know, into a couple third and longs, and everything just kind of fell apart. Against uh, San Francisco, um, the first two, three plays were great. Then there was a weird um, penalty on Devontae Adams for for chest bumping a corner after he made a big gain or something. It was, it was a ridiculous flag. Um, the, the kind of thing that maybe you'd think you'd might see in college, but not certainly not in the NFL. Um, and that set the set the Packers back 15 yards. And then the next play Rogers is under duress and gets sacked and fumbles. And the 49ers take over on the two yard line and score a touchdown right away on the first play. So you've got, yeah, early, um, Early adversity that just did not, um, you know, put the team in a in a good position, and I think everything kind of fell apart from there. So, that's I think one of the ways to get to Green Bay is if you can um, get them out of out of their comfort zone early on in the first quarter, especially on offense. If you can get to Rodgers and get them into third and longs, um, then they kind of get out have to get out of that script a little bit. Um, but when they're able to, to move the football consistently early on and and stick to Lafleur's script, things have gone really well. I mean, even last week against Washington, um, they scored touchdowns on two of their first three drives, and and that was you know the only two times they found the end zone in that entire game, and they ended up having to hold on for a, an ugly 20 to 15 win. So it, it's going to be really important for Green Bay to get on the board early, um, get some confidence moving, get get the um start setting up some of their play calls for later in the game with uh with some success early on in, in those first probably fifteen to twenty snaps.
1: This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by our friends at Blue Chew. Guys remember the days when you were always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence where it counts. So listen up. Bluechew that's blue like the color brings you the first chewable with the same fda approved active ingredients as viagra and cialis everybody's favorite bathtub pill so you know they work you can take them anytime day or night even on a full stomach and since they're chewable they work up to twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready when the opportunity arises if you could benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts blue chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for all our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay $5 shipping. Once again, that's BlueChew.com, blu chew.com promo code armchair to try it free blue chew is the better cheaper faster choice and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast now let's get back to the show (laughs) boy that sounded painfully familiar to a team that i watched week in and week out (laughs) last year you know Nagy and his offense were awesome in the first 15 scripted plays and then things got testy in the second and third quarter and then in the fourth quarter uh you know basically they tell Mitch to go out there and just kind of uh do his thing and that's been the thing with Trubisky is that basically when he's out there running the two minute drill or the hurry up offense or whatever and he's just got to shut his brain off and play football the guy's unbelievable but you go out there and you got him thinking and reading and things like that things that quarterbacks should be able to do he has struggled (laughs) not so much the last few games he's been a lot better uh the last few weeks and we'll see how that translates against the A decent defense in the in the Packers on Sunday but you know (laughs) if I mean that's how the Bears lost to the Giants last year was that second play of the game Chase Daniel throws an interception to Ogletree where the ball basically just stuck to him he runs it in from seven yards out for a touchdown before you can even blink the Bears are down seven to nothing Um, you know and it was just it was a game like that where things just did not go our way we're clawing to fight our way back into the game couldn't quite pull it off. Same thing with the Dolphins, we got behind early, we had to go back and forth with them and end up losing that one in overtime uh, as well. That's that's how the Bears lost their games uh, last year. Sounds like that's, you know, pretty much what's going on with the with the Chargers or the Chargers. The Packers is that you get them out of that you knock them off that 15-play script where they, you know, they've. this is the 15 plays we've been running all week long and we know what we're doing here, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, wait, we're down 10 nothing already? Well, we got to do this then and to, to kind of catch up. That's where you guys get routed a little bit.
2: Yeah, and I think that's probably a, a symptom to some extent of having a young uh, uh, head coach, um, somebody without a whole lot of head coaching experience, and in LeFleur's case, Without a whole lot of play-calling experience, too. I mean, he only called the plays for one year in Tennessee uh, before getting the job in Green Bay. So he's still, he's. I think he's still figuring out who he is as a play caller. Um, he's got some really great designs and and schemes and things to to get guys open in the passing game, especially. And and the running game has has been pretty effective at times this year, but it's it's maintaining the consistency. Um, throughout a game throughout a couple of games that that has really been the Packers struggle and it's why that you know Packers fans feel like at this point the Packers could beat anybody but could lose to anybody sure. um, you, you know you feel like you're not really a hundred percent confident to you know as to which which version of this offense is going to show up and and I, I mentioned I mentioned this in a piece on, on Acme Packing Company today when we were talking about well, what do the Packers need to do to be able to get to the playoffs and win games? And one of the things that has been a, pr- a problem has been hitting on some big plays when you have the opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned that Jones pass; um, it was a little detail like Jones, you know, released to the inside of the cornerback instead of the outside, and that made the uh, you know Rodgers threw to the outside and the, the ball fell incomplete for what should have been. You know probably a, a 50 60 yard gain um it's little things like that that you have to take advantage of when you get into games against really good teams and these these one score games these close games um, and especially in the postseason, you've got to hit on those opportunities because you might only get one or two of those a game. You're not going to get, you know, three or four like we have against the Giants and in, in Washington. Right. So um, that's been the difference, I think, between you know the way that they looked against Oakland when they scored 42 points and they put up 500 yards, um, and and how they looked against Kansas City when when Jones had that amazing day, versus you know how they looked against Washington, you know, putting up. You know, 300 some yards or so, but not really looking consistent and only, you know, only getting 20 points. So the the hitting on those big plays, um, you know, Lafleur has done a great job of, of creating them and, and giving Rodgers the open receivers through scheme, which is what Packers fans desperately wanted after getting rid of Mike McCarthy and his ISO routes and slant flat and everything for for years. Um, we've got an offensive play caller who is is willing to scheme guys open, and now it's a matter of executing in the details and actually making those big plays happen. And if and when that happens, I think this offense is going to be, you know, nigh on unstoppable. Even with, you know, acknowledging that that they may not have a, a real deep roster of playmakers on the offense. But um, yeah, that's that's the difference between a team that. You know, maybe they win the division and they, you know, they go out in the first round versus the team that can make a Super Bowl run is is executing those big plays and, and getting those details all not nailed down.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, it, it sounds familiar to what the Bears were going through uh, a <laughs> year ago. It was like, you know, we had that defense that was, you know, elite and and everyone was afraid of it, but no one was afraid of what we were doing on offense. Even though we were better than we had been in a couple of years, we still weren't scaring. Uh, anyone, So like you said, we could beat anybody because of our defense. We could also lose to anybody because we couldn't outscore a lot of plays yep. or a lot of teams, I should say. And with the way that the Saints and the 49ers especially are playing right now, the Packers are kind of an afterthought in the NFC playoff picture. Right now, because you're a wild card team. Right now, because you're going to have to play that extra round, and you're going to have to go well, to either New Orleans or San Francisco to I'm,
2: to do it. I'm going to stop you right there because the Packers are in the two spot right now. Are because- they? They are because New Orleans lost to uh, to to San Francisco last week. That pulled them back down into a tie with Green Bay, and the Packers have the better conference record. So Green ah, Bay's sitting
1: in the two. Okay,
2: they went they went out. They're getting that first round bye, and they would get potentially a Saints team in Green Bay in the divisional round. Which, okay. yes, give give me that matchup. Um, you know, in the snow, um, give me Drew Brees trying to trying to throw in the, in the elements in in Green Bay. Um, as opposed to, you know, I know Aaron Rodgers has been great in domes, but that's a that's a heck of an equalizer, and and I think the the Packers are are better suited to play that kind of game in the elements this year.
1: Right, right. But despite that being the number two seed, nobody's really talking about right. Green Bay being one of those teams that's going to make a run. Same thing yep. with going with the Bears. Like the the potential is there. You guys have Aaron Rodgers. He's the Super Bowl MVP. Been there, done that. You guys can absolutely make the run, but. You got Kansas, you got San Francisco. You got New Orleans. Hell, you yep. even got Seattle out there. That you know, talking more about them than uh-huh. they are about Green Bay right now. The NFC is a gauntlet again uh, this year, and of course the Patriots and the Chiefs are going to skirt on by in the AFC like they always do. But you know, in the NFC, it's a it's a very top heavy conference uh, yeah. right now, and you know, as well as the Packers are playing, you know, they're they're kind of an afterthought with the other teams and the way that they're playing right now.
2: No, I, I completely agree. I think it's, and, and part of that is probably the way they've played in these last couple of games. They've they you know they beat the Giants by eighteen, but they didn't look particularly impressive doing it. Right. Um, you know they skated by Washington in a five point game, um, and so again, it's been it's been six weeks since they really put together a, a really solid performance. So they they need to to show that a little bit. Uh, as they run the gauntlet through, you know, the the three teams in the NFC North to close out the regular season.
1: Yeah, that is part. That is the schedule, isn't it? You got Chicago this yeah. weekend, Minnesota, and then Detroit to uh, polish it off. And um, you know, I just let's talk, Evan, like we have been for the last forty-five minutes. But um, tell me, as a Packer fan, and trust me. This year, I have absolutely hurt it all, so you can't hurt my feelings. <laughs> How do you guys feel about the Bears coming into town this weekend? I mean, ha- is there a raised eyes bra- eyebrow after what they did to the Cowboys last Thursday? Or is it like, ah, the Cowboys are actually not as good? You know, the 8th-ranked the defense, the, those guys aren't the 8th-ranked defense in the NFL. Or, you know, they beat the Lions twice, the Giants, and a lousy, you know, and a down-year Cowboys team to win four of our last five games. Or is it well Mitch is actually looking like a professional level quarterback in the last few games despite like you did couldn't beat a he couldn't lead a Pop Warner offense week one uh, <laughs> against you guys. What what are the thoughts? I mean, not just yours, but everyone in Acme Pack Company. I know you guys have been talking this week, so what's what's the word around the water cooler?
2: Yeah, it, it's it's a very different feeling than it was, let's say three weeks ago sure. when the Bears were sitting at four and six it at that point it was okay let's let's see what happens in the san francisco game and then we've got three easy games before our next big one against minnesota <laughs> being the giants washington and the bears yeah that i don't, I don't think anybody feels that way anymore
1: right. um
2: there's there's definitely um some apprehension there's some some there's plenty of caution um among packers fans the way that, that the bears have played these last three weeks and I, I wouldn't say that Trubisky is necessarily the reason for a whole lot of that. I think uh-huh. that the general feeling among Packers fans is that Trubisky is, is well, I'll, I'll say that most Packers fans think he's trash. Sure. Um, and well, I don't, I, well, I wouldn't go that far. I think that's the, the prevailing opinion. Um, and so it's going to be a, you know, can we stop the run? Can we, can we stop uh, Alan Robinson from, from, doing good things more yeah. so than can we, can we avoid um, having Trubisky beat us? I think the game plan is still going to be what, what it was in, in week one, which is see if you can control the run and, and make Trubisky play quarterback. The, uh, the old, um, you know, the old kind of Jay Cutler method. Right? Exactly. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and you, you figure there's going to be some opportunities where, where he's going to make mistakes and you got to capitalize on them. And, and that's what happened in week one. So the, the, it's it. The apprehension is, I think, on on both sides. It's the Packers haven't looked complete in, in a month and a half. The Bears have definitely looked like they're showing signs of improvement, and um, this is by no means being looked at as a gimme game anymore, like it was probably three weeks ago.
1: Yeah, no, I agree, and I and I think that the, a lot of Bear fans kind of feel that way uh, as well. You know, because at four and six. We, we look back. Number one, we should have had at least two more wins. We should have been six and four, not four and six. Um, but we had four wins, and we only really had one that you could actually feel good about, and that was that win over Minnesota. And even that's kind of got a um, an asterisk to it because Mitch went down fifth play of the game, and it was Chase Daniel that won us that game. So even <clears throat> even the game where our defense was out of this world, And shut down Dalvin Cook, who was the best back in football going into that game. He made it. He made it look like we broke Kirk Cousins uh, in that game. Like they just looked so inept, could not do anything. And you know, we only needed 16 points to win that game. And 16 to six doesn't even tell the story of how dominant the Bears were uh, in that game. But it's like you know, obviously we lose that game to you guys. We go out to Denver, we win because the referees give us a, a give us that get back call on the roughing the passer we did not we did not deserve that call but we got it because the ref screwed us twice earlier in the game on calls just like that so they gave us one back hell of a time for them to do it but we'll take it then Panero kicks the field goal then we go out there and we dominate the Redskins only until the fourth quarter when Keenum leads two touchdown drives, and all of a sudden it's a ball game before we finally get the ball back from him and everything. Like, okay, we had to hold on against the, the, the Redskins, who were the worst team in football at the time. And you know then we polish it off with that win over um, Minnesota. Then our next two wins against the Giants and the Packers, or excuse me, the Lions, I'm sorry against the Lions and the Giants I'm 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 prophesizing for Sunday. Um both of those games we had in hand going into the fourth quarter and then we take our foot off the gas or we just had no killer instinct and in both games the Lions and the Giants scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter to make it a ball game. Now all of a sudden we got a game on our hands when going into the fourth quarter we should have been looking about how to how we how can we end this game and put it down? So it's like we got, you know, four or five wins on the ledger. We can't feel good about any of them. And then we finally have this game against Dallas where it's like Mitch outplays Dak Prescott. You know, Montgomery is uh, is, you know, running around all over the place. Allen Robinson is catching things. We're executing on offense like we hadn't have. We hadn't all season. We looked. I mean, I made the comment is like, I don't want to sound like a dick about this, but we actually looked like we practiced. This week and that we watched film on our opponent because we look prepared we're (laughs) executing you know it's like this is outstanding I was like we're we're peaking you know it's about time that we looked like a a competent offense and 31 to 24 does not tell the story of how the Bears won that game uh, as well the game was not that close so we're going into this game against Green Bay feeling a lot more optimistic than we would have say if this game was taking place week 11 as opposed to week 15
2: Yep. Yeah, and, and looking at the numbers from that Dallas game, I will say if um if the Packers force are plus two on turnovers and pick up four hundred yards, um, which is what Dallas did, yeah. I, I would be shocked if Chicago wins this game. Um because again, we we talked about it. the Packers have given up yards, but they you know, when they force turnovers and get stops in the red zone, um they win football games, so um, it, the the stats definitely kind of are are lying in that that one in terms of yeah how well the the Bears did play in that in that game yeah um you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily think that uh, that that was a a solid win um, just just looking at the stats because with with Dallas outgaining and being plus two so yeah um it's just you know it's it's interesting and and you mentioned that Denver game too and you know and and something you mentioned earlier is is about those one score games um, that that game the um, you know some of the other ones the the raiders game i mean those those show you how how weird some of those one one score games goes or yeah. go and it's it's one weird break here and there that um, you know that kind of decides
1: oh dude that what, yeah,
2: the result or look, look at the chargers this year i mean yeah. how many games have, he, have they had that have just been Um, ridiculous circumstances that that all of them
1: apparently to listen to the announcers talk about it. Every game that they've (laughs) lost this year has been a one, one score loss and they keep reinventing ways to, to have that one score, uh, you know, come away. And that Oakland game uh, against the Raiders, um, you're absolutely right about how funny things break and go a different way. We got called for running into the kicker. On fourth and six, it gives them five yards. They go for it on fourth and one, and they get it. Now, initially, they thought they fumbled it, but that call goes against the Bears. Oh, no, he was down by contact, first down, Oakland, and that's what put them on the 97-yard drive for the touchdown. Otherwise, we we were they were punting. They were punting. We were getting the ball back with, like, four and a half minutes to go. Instead, they use up almost all of that to score the game-winning touchdown and that's what that's what put that away but i mean this weird running into the kicker call where the guy was shoved in the back and kind of kind of sort of you know it's like almost like the the punter sat down on top of him not that his legs right. were taken out from under him it's like that's not a penalty <laughs> that is not a penalty yeah. you know 9 times out of 10 they don't call that but here they did and that's how it unfolded so i mean the defense still had to stop them from going like 80 additional yards, but that was the break that they needed in order to be able to pull that off. And those one score games, like you said, it's usually comes down to like one or two plays that tell the tale of how that game's going to unfold.
2: Right. Yeah. And those, and those, generally you know in in my experience and guys have, have looked into this and found it those generally tend to eventually break even over time so yeah. if you've got a team that that ends up being really good in those one score games or, or having a good record in one score games one year um, that tends to be a um, to put them as a candidate to regress the following year and i think you know that was a little bit of the bears this year sure um, from from last season and um i think you're seeing it with the 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 cowboys too mm-hmm. um i'm looking at it justice Mosqueda, he's a packers guy on twitter he does a bunch of, of nfl writing he's the one who kind of breaks this down and he looked at the rams and the cowboys as the big candidates for for big time regression um this year based on the um based on their record in one score games last year mm-hmm. um and and, i mean look at both of them the rams are are scratching and clawing to try to find their way into a playoff spot yeah and i mean the the cowboys are are sitting in in the lead in the nfc east but you know sitting at six and seven and um you know their only reason they're in playoff position is because their their entire division is garbage so yeah Yeah. um yeah i mean it, it it tends to bear itself out and I will say that that give, that leaves me a little bit of pause for you know the Packers next year um, because they have been um, in a lot of these one score games and and most of them they have come out on the on the winning side of. So, yeah, um, they're gonna need to they're gonna need to figure out a way to win by um, you know win by two scores uh, on a consistent basis if they want to sustain the the success that they've had so far this season. You know, in through the rest of the year, and then um, you know into next season as well.
1: A Couple more things before I let you go. One game in particular that I wanted to ask you about. Um, Lions fans are still pissed off <laughs> about it. Is that Monday? That was gonna come yeah, up, yeah, that Monday night game. And um, you know, as a Bear fan, I can objectively say that we got we got a call we didn't deserve. In that Broncos game that helped us extend, you know, get yards we didn't earn to set up that game winning uh, field goal to get that win over the Broncos. How are you and how are Packer fans feeling in general about those those hands in the face penalties where it's up in his shoulder blades? It's not under his chin or, you know, whatever it was to tell you the truth. I didn't really I didn't watch. I didn't catch the end of it. I fell asleep. So I didn't yeah. see it happen live, but it's all I heard about the next day was how the Lions got screwed, the refs did that, how can the refs do this, and blah, 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 blah. How were you guys feeling? I mean, I know you were enjoying it in the moment, but when you go back and look at it, did you get lucky, or did the refs make the right call?
2: Yeah, it, it's it's one of those calls where you can see why the ref made the call mm-hmm. because it looked bad. Um, yeah. Flowers had his hands up around Bakhtiari's neck, And it was up, um, you know, he was kind of shoving him up under the neck, but he didn't actually have his hands around the face mask or around the helmet or anything. So it it looks bad. It probably isn't technically hands to the face, but at least I I would, I would imagine that an impartial observer could, could see why the, the guy, the referee would think that 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 was the appropriate call in the moment.
1: Well, especially now, in, in live full speed, it could be Exactly, to say. right,
2: yeah. But here's the thing with that one, is especially the second call, the one on the last drive, it's third and four, Rodgers throws an incomplete pass, there's a minute 45 left. The thing with that one is there's a minute, I mean, there, again, there's a minute 45 left, the Packers are on the 16-yard line. At that point, Mason Crosby's kicking a field goal to, to put the Packers up anyway. And so the the Lions are still going to need to take the kickoff, drive drive down, and, and and kick a field goal to win that game. And they their offense was not good in the second half of that game. Um, looking at it here, they kicked I, I guess they kicked three field goals in in the second half, but um, I think all of them came in pretty good field position. The the third one, um, they didn't even move the ball at all. They got the ball at like the 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 40 yard line or something and and prayer kicked one from 54 or something so um they they did not move the ball with any consistency in the second half so you know what's we're, we're complaining about that you know they're complaining about that one giving the packers the chance to run the clock down and kick the winning field goal okay but the alternative scenario there is in all likelihood especially with how good crosby has been this year um he kicks that field goal. There's a minute 30 left. You still have to go down the field with, you know, maybe one timeout, something like that. Um, and, and try to score against a Packers defense that, um, was playing really well. So, um, that's one of those where I don't think it, it cost the cost the lions, the game, like a lot of lions fans seem to suggest that it did. Um, It made it easier for the Packers to to clinch the win in that game. Yeah. But um, it by I don't think by any means that it it handed them a win that they wouldn't have otherwise gotten.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just look at that and they were pretty hot at the moment. You know, they even though they had lost the week before to Kansas City, they gave the Chiefs all they could handle uh, before the Chiefs finally won that game. They have the bye week. They come in. They start hot. Against you guys, and you know, look like they were ready to take a step, and you know that game was kind of the beginning of the end for them. They're like one in seven since that game took place, uh, or 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 whatever. So I know that there's probably Lions fans out there saying that that's where it all went wrong. Was like after we lost that game, our confidence was zapped, or you know, it was all about the bad luck from there. We've been garbage. The only team we've beaten since then is the stinking Giants. So. That's been the, the tail of the tape for the for the Lions this year. Not that they're actually a bad football team, but that's how they feel. Uh, anyway, I'm sure. But um, yep. you know, it was uh, it was interesting. You know to to you know, I was like I, I wake up and, and Sports Center is on and, and Booger McFarland's complaining about the, the <laughs> who has been terrible in Monday Night yes. Football. Jesus <laughs> Christ! They got to do something about the Monday Night Booth. It is awful. But um anyway. Yeah, I I'm, I'm
2: not looking forward to that one for for Packers Vikings in week 16. We have oh, to put up boy. with that again for that yeah. game. Um especially cuz that's going to be the you know, one of the premier games in in week 16 uh next week. So. Oh, for sure. For uh, sure. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Good luck. We only played one Monday night game this year, thank God. Um, <laughs> yeah, no and it was week 3. We got it out of the way. Just gone. There you go. But um, you know, it's I you know, hearing about that and Boogie McFarlane and Ryan Clark are complaining about the referees and how the refs have won this game for you guys or opened the door and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's just uh, – that's kind of been the story of the entire season about the refs winning games for teams and, you know, how can they make that call and blah, 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 and and, and all the rest of that. Apparently they're going to be looking at the referees when the season is over. So Yeah, we'll see but, what comes of that. But anyway, um, what are you thinking for, for Sunday? How are, how are you feeling Uh, about it are you thinking you know low scoring and ugly I don't I God, hope to God it's not another 10 to 3 uh, ball game (laughs) that would make me insane I mean as, as awesome as it was to watch our defenses do their thing for the both teams to look the way they did on offense made that game hard to sit through even though it's the one game we've all been waiting for all this time I hope to God it's not another game like that
2: yeah, and I, I suspect that it won't be. Um, I mean, the Packers offense has generally functioned better at home. Um, and, it, I mean, this goes back years. But um, for the most part, it's it's been a better unit at home than on the road. And I think that that's, that's probably going to be the case this week. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see, hopefully, how Aaron Jones does get matched up, like I mentioned earlier in the passing game. Uh, seems like LaFleur is, is really getting back to that that using of him as a weapon again. Um, so that's a, that's a matchup problem. And, um, you know, the Packers defense looks like they have found some juice again. These last two weeks, they've uh, they've, I think they sacked Dwayne Haskins five or six times last week. And Daniel Jones, you know, I, I don't think they actually sacked him, but they pressured him constantly uh, two weeks ago. against the giants. So um, Zadarius Smith is a beast and if if there's any nfl fans out there who don't know his name yet they they have not been paying attention because um he looks like one of the best edge rushers in the league right now and and you mentioned um lining up a guy next to an interior rusher you know putting putting mac next to to hicks or something right the packers do that a lot with with smith they'll line him up um with his hand on the ground on the third downs, they'll line him up over the A gap. They kind of play him all over the place, kind of the way the Packers used to do with Clay Matthews a little bit when he was, when he was still around. Um, so he's going to be rushing from all over the place. Um, and then you got Preston, the other the other Smith brother, who's um, you know plays that just steady, consistent outside linebacker spot, and, and has has had some really good games rushing the passer too. So um, I think the Packers will get to Trubisky. Um, the question is, you know, how much damage can can Chicago do in the run game? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's that's where there's there's some some weaknesses in, in Green Bay's defense because they play so much light personnel with with nickel and dime packages and things um, really don't have a second inside linebacker and and haven't for for years next to, to Blake Martinez. But, um, yeah, if you're asking overall, um, I'm thinking kind of, you know, game in the in the teens to low 20s i mean something in the probably 24 17 you know 21 16 kind of range that that sounds that sounds about right to me for for this game um fairly close but um yeah that's that's where i'm coming down
1: yeah that seems to be the consensus that's what i've heard in other other uh, podcasts um you know where 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 it's like this there's a packer guy and a bear guy talking about it and You know, for me, it always comes down to two questions. Can the Bears win this game? And the answer for me is always yes. Yes, they can. It's the NFL. We have a talented squad. We have a good defense. You know, we only needed to score 11 points to win the game the first time around. (laughs) So, you know, we don't need Trubisky to go out there and score 40 in order to win this game. It would be nice if he did, but we don't need him to do that to to win this uh, game. But then comes the more important question: Will they win the game? I <laughs> when it comes to the Packers, the answer is no until we actually do it. You know what I mean with with all the time, with all the years, and and the struggle that we've had with Green Bay. We should have won both games last year. We only won uh, the one in, in Soldier Field last year um you know we can argue all day long about how week 1 should have gone with the way our defense played just it was such a wasted effort from our defense to do what they did and still come away with the loss uh in that one you know i'd be inclined to pick the packers to win i absolutely believe the, the bears can win but if it comes down like gun to my head will they win on sunday <sighs> i don't think so i do like the 21-16 Final score, that sounds about right, or maybe something with more field goals in it. more like a 23 yep. to 23 to 17, 23 to 19, you know kind of thing. You know, like you said with the red zone, like the bears will get in the red zone, they just won't be able to close the deal. So Panero's yep. going to be sore afterwards, kicking lots of field goals and, and things like that. So I, I like something more like that, like you said, 21-16, 23, 16, something like that, where the kickers are busy. Uh, in the ball game sounds about right to me. So, and of course the the over under is like forty one. So bet the under uh, on this game is what I would say if, yeah. if you were so inclined. So that's how I uh look at the game. I, I obviously want the Bears to win this game. We need uh to win this game. We need it more than you guys do at this point in time. But you know I'll be I won't be surprised. I'll just be thrilled if we win on Sunday.
2: Yep. Yeah, and I I, I will simply add that the the Packers do have a, a chance to clinch a playoff spot this week um, if I think if if Green Bay wins and the Rams lose I think that's the pathway to to locking in a spot so there's there's some motivation added there I think but um but yeah certainly it's not the the season on the line um in this one so um but no i I, I tend to agree I think um, I think the Packers find a way to to win probably ugly again but you know, it's going to be a – you know, maybe it's a turnover in the fourth quarter. Maybe it's one long drive, um, you know, late in the game that uh, the Packers eat up a bunch of clock or something on the ground and and, um, and finish off a victory. But I think that's kind of how it how it comes, comes down.
1: Okay. One last question before I let you go. How are you guys with tackling? Because that was something that absolutely killed the Cowboys uh, last Thursday was mm-hmm. the Bears had yards after catch, yards after – contact uh for montgomery and anthony miller is doing things like catching like there's that play that cordero patterson made in the fourth quarter where we scored our last touchdown it was third and third and nine he catches the ball about four yards like mitch had to get rid of the football he dumps it off to cordero patterson he makes one move to the inside and shakes three guys and gains 30 yards you know the, the Cowboys were terrible in tackling. Like Mitch's touchdown run, somebody should have hit him before he made it to the end zone. Nobody did, uh, kind of thing. How are you guys with your tackling? Because if if you t- if you tackle like the Cowboys do, it's gonna be a long day for you guys.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think um, probably inconsistent is is the the best descriptor there've been games when they've looked really solid and there've been games when they have looked really ugly. <laughs> sure. um, and so I'm going to see if I can pull up uh, broken tackle rates here right now. It looks like the Packers, at least according to football outsiders are kind of right in the middle of the pack in terms of, um, you know, number of plays that they miss a tackle um, on defense. So um, yeah, they're, they're, they're okay, but there's there's some weaknesses there, especially if if you attack certain players. But sure. um, if you're if you're running into the middle, um, I I would say that the the defensive front generally is pretty solid in that area. Um, it's getting to the the secondary, um, getting outside the you know the front the front four plus Mar- plus Blake Martinez. If you can avoid those guys, um, you get a shot at at making some. Um, making some big plays happen after after contact and after the catch
1: all right keep that in mind looking forward to the game on sunday glad it's a sunday at noon kickoff is one thing i hate about the bears coming off a successful season (laughs) is you know three o'clock starts a bunch of national tv games a lot of seven o'clock back-to-back thursday games for thanksgiving and thursday Uh night football it's just like just give me the bears at noon on sunday for christ's sake that's all i want
2: And I read that this is the first time that the Packers and Bears are playing at Lambeau at noon since 2008.
1: I believe it. I believe it. Because how many times have we started the year in Lambeau, for Christ's sake? Or the Thursday night games, games games, all night games in Lambeau. Yeah, so yeah, for sure. This is uh, definitely going to be weird to see sunlight in Lambeau Field uh, on (laughs) Sunday. That's going to be weird to see the Bears and Packers at noon on a Sunday in in Lambeau. So looking forward to it. Evan, always a blast, man. Where can we find you online?
2: Yeah, um, you can find me at Tex Western on Twitter. Uh, you can find the blog. It's at Acme Packing Co. on Twitter or uh, acmepackingcompany.com, uh, all spelled out. So um, please come check us out. And uh, thanks, as always, for having me. I always look forward to it. So it's always a good time.
1: Yes, and I say this over and over again despite your allegiance, you're always one of my favorite guests. So I look forward to having you on to talk about the most storied rivalry in our game. So thanks again for coming yeah. back, man. Game game number 200, too. Is that right? I'll be dancing. Yep. 200. Yeah. So, We're go. still behind in the series, though. We need to win like three or four in a row to, to finally knot it back up again after we let you guys have the lead. So Yep.
2: Yep, took it back. So <laughs> <let's>, uh, <hopefully, laughs> Only took 98 years, but we
1: got it back. That's right. <laughs> so. So, all right. Well, all right. Thanks th- so much, thanks, Evan. Thanks a lot, man. appreciate it. Take, take up, care. Take out. All right. As always, I want to thank our good friend Evan Western from Acne Packing Company uh, from Recipe Nation for uh, coming on the show helping us preview uh, week 15 between the bears and the Packers looking forward to this game on Sunday guys I really am uh, because I'm interested you know I'm curious to know uh, if we can meet the challenge that was one of those things that was so great about the team in 2018 was that when you had that thought in your head can they step up can they answer the call pretty much every time the answer was yes I mean, even in our loss to the Patriots, like can we even hang with the Patriots? The last like three, four games against the Patriots, even in 2010, the last playoff team that we have, were utter embarrassments. We we were shown the gap between us and them last year. Not so much. We were a couple of special teams mistakes away from being able to win uh, that football game. And, uh, you know, the 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 not playing so well on national TV. We, we, beat the, we beat up the Vikings on Sunday Night Football. We beat up the Rams on Sunday Night Football and basically opened the book for the Rams to be figured out. I mean, the way that Fangio set up the defense against the Rams last year was brilliant and was the blueprint for teams going going forward to be able to stop them, most namely Belichick and the Patriots in the Super Bowl uh, last year. I mean, it's just like every time the Bears needed to step up, the, every time the Bears needed to, to get a win – they were able to do it last year. And that's been the one thing that's been kind of a failure this season is that we haven't been able to do it. And those chances earlier in the season when we had to either stay above 500 or get to back to 500, we kept falling short. Uh, and now here we are. We were at 500 against a decent football team, decent, I guess, and the Cowboys, and we were able to do it. National TV, Trubisky plays his best game of the season. The offense looks as sharp as it ever has and we get that win uh, against the Cowboys, keeping our playoff hopes alive, making this a legitimate contest on Sunday. You heard Evan Western himself. I asked him. I was like, you don't have to spare my feelings. In 2019, we as Bear fans, we have heard it all. Everything from Mitch being a bum to, you know, we should trade this guy, trade deadlines, go and get Cam Newton, mortgage the future to get somebody who isn't Trubisky under center. And now all the positive things that have come the last few weeks as he's been Uh, playing better and you heard it nobody that's realistic about what's going to happen on Sunday is looking at this as a gimme game nobody's looking at this as something that they shouldn't be wary of I mean I know they're not going to miss any sleep going into this game on Sunday but they know the Bears have to be taken seriously uh, especially with the way that they've played the last few weeks and last week against the Cowboys uh, especially so I'm very interested in and curious as as a fan and as as a football fan in general to see how the Bears will step up and answer this uh, on Sunday. We talked to, to to Evan, and and we know what the Bears need to do. Uh, it basically, trying to get them rattled early sounds like that would be the best ploy uh, for the Bears. I mean, we the last couple of weeks we've taken our opening drive in for touchdowns and uh or are done well uh, you know off well not so much against uh, the lions but (sighs) (sighs) the offense looked sharp early against the cowboys last week is what i meant to say Uh, even though we that we had that interception on our first drive we drove the field it was like a 50-yard drive before mitch threw the interception and then we came back on the following drive and put that one uh, in the end zone so the the offense has been getting off to decent starts uh you know this week and actually we did score a touchdown on the first drive against detroit didn't we we sure did <laughs> anyway uh it's late actually i should probably be getting into bed but uh nonetheless you know for us to be able to do that for the defense to uh you know maybe get the get after Rogers, I mean, basically, as far as the defense, is like if you can even closely replicate what we did against Green Bay week one, that would be ideal. It really would. So go out there, cause as much ruckus and panic and, and, and dread uh, for Rodgers and company as you can. Focus on Aaron Jones. He may be the key to winning or losing this football game. I feel like if if he has a decent afternoon against the Bears, we most likely... Uh, lose it so I mean Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers even when we held him to five sacks and you know 10 points he was able to make enough plays to help us to help them when I should say uh, week one uh, so I mean he's going to make his plays it's a matter of minimizing that and minimizing those plays impact in the outcome of the football game that's what I think is most uh, paramount and if we could uh, also kind of generate a turnover or two, maybe not so much an Aaron Ryder's interception, but maybe we get Aaron Jones or, or someone else to cough up the uh, football, that would be great as well, keep the football in our offense's hands as much as humanly possible. I mean, that was something where that helped us dominate the Dallas game for the most part was we had the football the majority of the first half, the majority of the second quarter especially, and, um, you know, it was uh, a big key in, in helping us win that football game was keeping that Dallas offense off of the field. And the defense did a great job that when they were on the field, they were able to bottle them up for the first three and a half quarters of the game. Or, you know, that first drive of the game aside, of course. But, um, you know, it's, it's one of those situations where as m- just, we just have to minimize mistakes, Period. We have to minimize uh, the mistakes with, you know, the penalties probably more so than the turnovers because the bears are actually pretty good at protecting uh, the football. Uh, even though we somehow managed to lose the turnover battle last week against the Cowboys that did not uh, factor in uh, to the ball game. Like it usually does the bears were for pretty much for the most part dominant in every other aspect uh, of the game. And uh, like Evan said, uh, looking at the stat sheet, you wouldn't think the Bears had won the game because Dallas racked up all those yards at the end. They won the turnover battle uh, and so on. But anyone who actually watched the game with their eyes knows for a fact that 31-24 to 24 does not tell the story of how that game actually went and how dominant the Bears' performance over the Cowboys was. And uh, so keeping the minute mis- mistakes to a minimum would be as paramount as it could be. Uh, going into this game because you you heard Evan himself say that one of the big differences between last year and this year is that the defense is creating turnovers getting the ball back into Aaron Rodgers hands because yards wise they're not as an impressive as you would think an Aaron Rodgers led offense would be their yards per game their points per game are in the middle of the road 13 4. I mean yardage wise they're in the 20s they're not really piling up the the yards on offense, so Rogers not having 300, 400-yard uh, games uh, and everything. So they're they're not exactly, uh, you know, just running the ball all over the place. Uh, they're having to pick their spots, and that's kind of, I guess, why another reason why Packer fans are, are a little nervous coming into this game is because they know the Bears can play defense, and the last few weeks we've figured out how to play offense, even though it's been against the, the Lions and the Giants and, you know, the struggling Cowboys. We put up 30-plus on the Cowboys. We put up 24 uh, on the Lions. These were plateaus that were difficult for the Bears to get to earlier in the season. I mean, if we could have scored 24 points a couple of more times this season, we'd be in a much more solid playoff spot than we're in right now. That's for sure. I mean, if we'd have been able to finish drives against the Chargers like we did against the Cowboys, we're at least one game better uh, on the schedule, which puts us in a much more advantageous position uh, in this playoff race in the NFC. so you know that's where where we have to be. We have to be we have to be the better team on Sunday. I mean, I know that sounds uh obvious, but that's pretty much how it is. we 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 were the better team on the field, week one on one side of the ball, and then we weigh were not uh, on the other side of the ball. and then uh, you know, it was almost embarrassing the the way that we operated on offense in that game. And uh, looking forward to seeing us avenge that performance this Sunday uh, at Lambeau against the Bears. So, um, yeah, like I said, I'm really, really curious to see how we're going to play this game uh, on Sunday. And thank you, Joe Gomez, I believe, was the one that left the comments about the Bears not playing well after the bye. Thank you for reminding me of my own comment there kind of hanging that cloud over my head i appreciate it uh hopefully (laughs) hopefully we just play against type uh on that one and come out and dominate and kick ass and uh, do everything that we need to do in order to win the game on sunday and keep those ever 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 so slim playoff hopes uh alive so that would be uh that would be fantastic to improve to eight and six with the chiefs and the vikings left on the schedule so anyway That will do it for the week 15 preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. Uh, Come back on Tuesday when uh, the all-important review show will be released. Will we be talking about a victory episode? We still have life. We beat the Packers in Lambeau and uh, so on and so forth. Or will it be uh, we lost and season's pretty much over with and... We lost another conference game and blah blah blah. Tiebreakers are screwed. Uh, you know, but mathematically we're not done yet. So yeah. I would rather it be the the former instead of the latter. I wanna be talking about a victory and how we shut down Rogers and and managed to beat the Packers in Lambo. Wouldn't that be a nice little early Christmas present from our beloved uh, going into the into the holiday season here? So anyway, come back on Tuesday. And we'll have that episode ready to go for you. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground.